1: when you look at the life of Paul, knew who he was before he gave his life to the Lord, there's one thing that we can learn from his life is that anybody, anybody can be saved. Anybody. If you were to ask the people during Paul's day, who would be the last person who would surrender their life to Jesus Christ, they would tell you the Apostle Paul. It would be the Apostle Paul. And so nothing is impossible for God.
0: Before Paul gave his life to the Lord, he was famous for killing Christians. He went out of his way to make sure that the people who followed Jesus would die. So, when the Lord appeared to him and he got saved, it would make sense that people were skeptical. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be showing us how anyone can be saved and transformed and made new. Jesus can change Paul's life. He can change anyone's life. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Titus chapter 1 as he begins his message... Greetings from Paul. I want right to I wanna run, I wanna run, I'm
1: The book of Titus. You know, we read it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, word by word, and we look at it through observation, interpretation, and application, and now we continue our journey verse by verse through the Bible, through the Word of God. And the next book we come across is the book of Titus. So the book of Titus is right after 2 Timothy. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm in the name of your Son, Jesus. Lord, uh, there's so much information this world has there's bread that's been given out the bread of man and we know that that perishes we we depend on the bread of god every man shall live by the word of god and so lord we thank you that we don't have to depend on worldly wisdom the wisdom of man we depend on the wisdom of your word we continue on when we ask that you would be with us. Lord, we depend on you. We depend on you. We depend on your Holy Spirit who inspired these authors to write your word through the book of Titus, Lord. And we ask that you be with us, Lord. Open up our hearts, Lord, and our eyes that we can see, Lord, our ears that we can hear. Open up our minds that we may understand, Lord, that we may receive it in our hearts. What your word has for us, Lord, we're going to begin this journey and uh, look through these uh, chapters, three chapters. I pray, Lord, that um, you would speak to us. We ask this in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Titus chapter 1, we're going to read from verses 1 through 4. The Apostle Paul writes this, Paul, a bond servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Well, as always, before we begin the book, we like to do a little introduction of the background, so you get an idea of what we're going to read and what we're going to study, what we're looking at, just to take you back some two thousand years ago. uh, We're going to look at the who, what, where, and why of this letter, and it's always important to look at, get a little introduction, so you have that in the back of your head, and when you start looking at the Word of God and reading this epistle, this letter, you have an understanding its theme, its purpose. And who wrote wrote it and who's the recipient? And so the book of Titus is grouped together with 1st and 2nd Timothy. Though the time that was written, we're going to get to that, was between 1st and 2nd Timothy. But the three epistles together are known as the pastoral epistles. They're written to pastors and they're telling the pastors how they ought to uh, lead and lead the church. How the church should function. And this term, pastoral epistle, began back in the 1700s after they really uh, throughout the years just really studied these three epistles and found out that these letters are written to church leaders so they should know how they ought to uh, lead the church of God. And so we call them the pastoral epistles because they're written to Pastor Timothy and also Pastor Titus and gives instruction of, again, how to function. And although this letter was written to pastors pay attention. You may not be a pastor, you're a believer in Christ, whether you're one day in Christ or you've been in the Lord for some time, this is applicable for us. You're going to find some things in here where the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you and say, well, this is an area of my life I need to examine. And so it's important. So the epistle of Titus is a short letter Uh, Three chapters, 46 verses. However, it has tremendous amount of instruction, embracing doctrine, uh, morals, and even discipline and discipleship. Martin Luther said of Titus, this is a short epistle, but such a quintessence of Christian doctrine and composed in such a manner that it contains all that is needful for Christian knowledge and life. So we begin with the who the who? Who wrote this epistle of Titus? Well, it's obvious, it's the apostle Paul. Just look at chapter 1 verse 1 and look at the first word. What does it say? Paul. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. There is little little debate among scholars as to the authenticity of this epistle uh, it is it's, it's really the Apostle Paul. There's no question about it. And though it was written by the Apostle Paul, we all know as we study God's word that though it was written by man, it's been inspired by God. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 says this, all scripture, not some, not just a few books, not just some of the chapters in some of the books, but all scriptures given by inspiration of not man, but God. And so the who is Paul, a little bit about Paul, in case you don't know who Paul is. Paul was of the tribe of Benjamin. His name, uh, he was named after a famous Benjamite, the first king of Israel, King Saul, when Paul was Saul, Saul of Tarsus, he was known as the persecutor of the church, persecuted the early church. Uh, He was considered a terrorist in his days. When we get to the book of Acts chapter 9, when Saul was on the road to Damascus uh, to arrest Christians, that he himself was arrested, arrested by Christ Jesus. Jesus appeared to Saul And there Saul was converted, became a believer and followed Christ. And he was appointed as an apostle there. So he changed his name from Saul, Saul of Tarsus, to Paul. Paul means little one. Obviously, he is being humbled here because after he uh, met the Lord, he kind of pretty much humbled himself that he called himself Paul, which means little. And when you look at the life of Paul, knew who he was before he gave his life to the Lord, there's one thing that we can learn from his life is that anybody, anybody can be saved. Anybody. If you were to ask the people during Paul's day, Who would be the last person who would surrender their life to Jesus Christ? They would tell you the Apostle Paul. It would be the Apostle Paul. And so... Nothing is impossible for God, and we find that it is His love, His grace, and his kindness that what leads us to repentance that 's what led us to the cross. It was His love, his kindness, and his grace. Now, the other who is the recipient, and we 're dealing with the who here is Titus, none other than Titus. Drop down to verse four, look at verse four of chapter one, it says to Titus. A true son in our common faith. Now, a little bit about Titus. Titus was a Gentile convert. um, And it it is interesting to know that the pastoral epistles were written to half Jew, half Gentile. Timothy, Timotheus. And then a full Gentile. And Paul was called to be a minister to the Gentiles. And so the Lord kind of grafted us in. We're all one in Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile either slave or free. We're all one in Jesus Christ, regardless of your ethnic backgrounds. There's not going to be a Jewish section and a Gentile section in heaven. Okay? We're all being grafted in, as Paul says in the book of Romans. Uh, you could read chapters 9, uh, 10, and 11. And so uh, he was a Gentile convert, and we could see that when we look at the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 2, verse 3. It says, Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And if you're going through the study of Galatians, and it's a great book to find, you know, when you look at legalism, and when you look at people who want to convert to Judaism, you know, I know Gentile Christians all of a sudden now started adapting Jewish culture. And I said, what are you doing? And in the book of Galatians, address that issue. And here you have a young man named Titus who was saved and Paul actually brought him to the council in Jerusalem and say, listen wait a minute you know Paul was sharing the gospel through Asia Minor and, and many of them were Greeks, um, Greeks Gentiles they weren't Jewish and they were, ex- they were accepting a Jewish Messiah and then you have the Judaizers the legalistic Judaizers making their way to Gentile territory and say well you're saved you have the Messiah well that's great but you need to get circumcised tell that to a Gentile he needs surgery in order to be saved that's not going to happen so this is why Paul brought uh, along with him Titus to show, show that God is really ministering to Gentiles okay Now, Luke does not mention in his book, in the book of Acts, Luke, who wrote the gospel of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. He does not mention Titus in the book. So we don't know some backgrounds about Titus. We don't know where or how he was converted it doesn't mention that in the scripture, but we know based on the fact that Paul the apostle calls him in verse four, a son in the faith suggests that Paul led them to Christ. Also, we don't know when or how he met the Apostle Paul, but we do know that Titus was a was disciple by Paul. He traveled with Paul. He was in ministry with Paul and he functioned as Paul's representative and faithful emissary. You find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and chapter 8 and chapter 16. And so, Titus, the other who, we have who, who wrote it? The Apostle Paul. We have the recipient, Titus. And he's a Gentile convert and a true son in the faith. So we looked at the who. Now let's look at the what. What is the book of Titus all about? Well, it gives us the theme. The theme of the book of Titus. It deals with right doctrine and right living. Right doctrine and right living, which many of the churches today are lacking. They're not teaching doctrine. They're not living rightly as the, as children of grace, and that's what this letter addresses. As a matter of fact, in Titus chapter one verse nine, Paul writes this: "Holding fast the faith, the faithful word, as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those." who contradict and contradict the gospel. Now the word sound, the word sound is interesting because it's mentioned five times in only three chapters. The book of Titus only has three chapters. Some of them are very short, but the word sound is mentioned five times. And I think that's important because the word sound in the Greek is hopefully I pronounced that right. I did it very slow just to make sure I do. But anyway, it means to be well. To be in good health. And obviously is speaking spiritually as far as doctrine. And that's important. Churches and Christians are not well. They're not healthy when it comes to doctrine. Because their ears have been tickled for so long. Or maybe they themselves just want their ears to be tickled. Where doctrine is not being taught. So... Right doctrine, and the next thing is right living. Paul writes in chapter 3, verse 8 of Titus, he writes this. This is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm constantly. He's talking to teach the church that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. Not to be saved by good works, but because we are saved, we do good works. It's the other way around. Read the book of James and that 's a painful book. I, put, I, I remember we did that study a while ago, and I still feel I still have scars from that book but it 's a good book to read I thought about conviction, yes, and so it, it, it deals with right doctrine, right living now the reason the reason why Paul wrote this letter to Titus is to set in order the things that are lacking, set in order the things that are lacking in the churches in Crete. And so the churches in Crete were not sound. Remember, they were not well. They were not healthy, doctrinally speaking. Uh, they were not well. And so there were no leaders. There were no bishops. There was no elders. And then to make matters worse, there were false teachers. You don't have, you don't have any kind of covering. Where uh, a pastor or leader could pour into you sound doctrine teaching you the word of God, and just and then you got false teachers and false doctors making his way into the church, and so the people in crete, the cretans uh, well, there are people like pretty much the people you 'll find today they 're lazy, evil, and liars. <laughs> That's what Paul is quoting. You find that in chapter 1, verse 12. In Titus chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Paul is actually, we'll get to this when we get to verse 12. Um, Paul is not, these are not his words. He's actually quoting from a philosopher, a prophet, 7th and 8th century philosopher and prophet. Now, the Cretans' reputation of their character was known throughout the region that ancient writers popularized popularized the verb to be Cretanized. To be Cretanized. Ancient writers would write that. And that was a slang to say that they were lying and cheating. Oh, those people are a bunch of Cretans. They've been Cretanized. And so they actually made up a slang because they were known for that. To be that kind of people. And so Paul is writing this because this is the people that are making their way into the church. The reality is when we, when we, are, when we are saved from the world, we're supposed to strip away the things from the world. Uh, the way we talk, the way we we live, the way—be careful what you post on Facebook. You're supposed to be a Christian, you know that kind of stuff. And I know that's uh, roughing up some feathers here, but be careful if you're telling people you're Christians. Why are you posting things? And why you're living your life? Why are you acting the way you're doing? Why are you yelling at somebody because he cut you off? And so the culture of the Cretans in, in the island of Crete, they were known for to have that, that kind of reputation and they're making their way into the church, which is great. They, they found the Lord, but they needed sound doctrine. They needed leadership. They needed someone to show them the word of God say, listen, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We can't act like them. You know, I would get people sometimes when, you know, we would get a gathering at, at a family reunion or whatever, and you know, some of my family members were Christians, some were not. And some of the family members that were Christians would get upset at the way, the family members that were not Christians, the way they were acting. And I would say, relax, listen, you can't, you can't expect people who are not saved who are not Christians to act like Christians. You continue to be a Christian, hopefully they be instead of you judging them, lead them to Christ. Some people want to clean the fish before catching them is the truth. So we, you know, the thing is that we filter the world and you sign, you find this throughout the scriptures. For example, Moses, Moses was one that he was raised in Egypt for 40 years. How long was he in the desert? 40 years. And then the Lord called him. The Lord had a way to, uh, he stripped out 40 years of Egypt in his life, being raised by the the best education in the world. And then the Lord sent him to be a shepherd for 40 years in the desert. And then another 40 years with Israel. Oy vey. Think about that. So think about this. So this is what God does. He strips away. Paul, the apostle, as a matter of fact, in Galatia, says that once he gave his life to the Lord, he was away in the desert of Saudi Arabia for about, Three years. And what was he doing for three years? Got lost in the word. He had to relearn the Tanakh or the Old Testament from Genesis all the way to Malachi malachi if you're italian or malachi okay malachi if you're italian is malachi no just kidding so paul had to relearn that and so there's always a stripping and then that's the same thing with us there's a stripping away the things of the world i don't know how many of you have been in the lord for some time but you don't think like the world you don't talk like the world you don't act like the world okay we're to, be a, we're to be a representative of Christ, ambassador of Christ. We're to live godly. And that's what this letter is about. And so with that, that was the background, the Cretans, you know, they were a bunch of liars, gluttons, and you know, thieves or whatever. Uh, so this is what, this is the key verse, Titus chapter one, verse five. It says, for this reason, I, that's Paul, left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and Appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. So he's giving him instruction. He begins his letter after he gives his typical salutation, his greeting. This is why I'm writing you the letter. Verse 5. Okay. So we looked at the who. We looked at the what. We looked at the where. And we looked at the who and the what. We need to look now at the where. The where. Where was this book written? Where was the book of Titus written? Well, the precise location is unknown. But some scholars believe Paul wrote this during his fourth missionary journey. Okay. Now, the fourth missionary journey, probably some of you may be familiar with it. You don't know it. Uh, the book of Acts, uh, 28 chapters, gave us Paul's three missionary journeys. If you look at the back of your Bible, it does have the missions of mostly every Bible that you have the map of Paul's missionary journeys. And some of them would have the fourth missionary journey that's not in the book of Acts, but we find that when we compile all the other epistles together. And so it is believed that Paul could have written this while he was in Macedonia, Greece or in Nicopolis, a city in the coast of Greece. And so here are a few verses just to give you a hint that this is pretty much more or less where he wrote the letter. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, Paul writes, As I urge you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. This is the other pastoral epistle that was written before Titus. And this is the, where Paul is as he's writing 1 Timothy. He's also writing the book of Titus. And then in Titus chapter 3 verse 12, Paul writes this, when I, when I sent Artemis to you or Tychicus, be diligent to come to me in Nicopolis for I have decided to spend the winter there. So more or less, this is the region, Macedonia uh, and Greece. So this is where it's believed. Uh, again, I always say where the Bible is silent, we stay silent. But if you want to do an investigation, there you go. I don't think any of your scholars found it, but we, we don't know where he, he wrote this letter. So again, in verse 5 of, of chapter 1, he said, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you now before we get to the when we're still in the where where is the island of crete well it's the island of crete is uh, the fourth largest island you can see that map there fourth largest island in the mediterranean uh mediterranean lying approximately 60 miles southeast of greece 110 miles southwest of turkey and the size is, is, is 160 miles by 36 miles, uh, which is 3,200 square feet. So that is the island. And so this is where Paul is writing this letter to Titus in regards to this island of Crete.
0: You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie is working through the book of Titus. When it comes to running the race, the book gives us clear, sound advice for living, like in chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, which say, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. So that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. That's just one small piece of the wisdom buried in the book of Titus. Pastoretti has a lot more to share with you, so be sure to come back again, are you learning as much as I am from these messages? Want to be a part of sharing the good news through this ministry? Jessica is here to share with you how to step in.
1: Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program. And we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at RunningTheRaceRadio.com.
0: If you missed that website, it was RunningTheRaceRadio.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Calvary Chapel of Milford, just click Back to Homepage. Thanks for being here with us today on Running the Race.